you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. receive the word of the Lord tonight. Oh God, I pray, let us find rest. That's it, church. Let's take a moment and just respond to the word of the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We put our yoke on you, God. We carry yours, Lord. We lay ourselves down to you, Jesus. Oh, 
I always feel the need to explain. You'll have to forgive me for that. But people chase things like this all over the world and drugs and alcohol and all sorts of promiscuity. And yet here we are just freely receiving everything God could ever implant in our minds and our hearts the peace, the love, the joy, all the fruits of the Spirit. We get some of the gifts to be present all simply because we're just simply asking God to have his way. So I hesitate to walk quickly, but I'm thankful that I still go to a place and a church that knows how to reach the throne room of God. There's nothing like the presence of God. It'll wipe away years of misery and pain and and suffering and strife. It'll take all of it in a moment and just put it in its place about you tonight, but I'm thankful for what God is doing amongst us. Amen. I've got a message. If you'd like to return to your seats, you can. I promise I'll only be 10 or 15 minutes. I'm not going to preach all night. But I'll throw the title up rather quickly. I usually start by honoring my pastor. I hope you know, pastor, that I love you to no end. I'm thankful for what God is doing. If you would turn with me to Romans chapter 3. I've messed up the whole multimedia team and everything. Lately, God has been checking me. He's been checking me because there's times where even I question, am I saved? Am I ready? I've joked about my birthday for 41 years because it's on the seventh day and the Lord rested, but then he decided to make me. But there's something about the rest of the Lord that I just cherish. If you've never experienced it, it starts right there. There's a place of repentance and then you can go and you can be baptized, which is symbolic of the Lord burying us in his name. I know that's deep and that's a lot of buzzwords and everything else, but there's something so precious about being buried with Jesus. It only takes a second to go down in the water and for a, a, a pastor or a preacher to pray over you and to say in Jesus' name, but oh, the sins that are washed away. Oh, the peace that might come. And so I've been challenged in my mind to think, how do I know that I am so very saved doing everything I'm doing. It's not that I question the doctrine. I don't question anything like that, but I feel like there's times where that question comes to me so that I might better explain it to someone else. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says it like this, and it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23 says, for all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 2, it just reads all the way through Romans. It's amazing. If Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith this scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20 of chapter 5, moreover the law entered, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Chapter 8, therefore is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, verse 14 of chapter 8. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again and to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 34, he who, uh, he is he that condemneth, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor depth, nor height, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you'll turn with me, I know everybody might not have a Bible if you'll read it on the screen, John chapter 3. I just feel going a little old school tonight. I hope that's all right with everybody. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered this man named Nicodemus and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto ye, ye must be born again. If you'll read verse 16 of chapter 3, that's where the world likes to start. That's where a lot of other religions and denominations like to start. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The reason we don't just seem to just start right at John 3.16, it just seems to leave things a little incomplete. There are certain things that can't happen until the testator finishes the test and goes to glory and comes back again and comes down like a dove and, and gives us an option for something more. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that Peter was preaching a message. The man that just could not control himself. The man that truly had nothing more to do but slice off ears, speak up when he wasn't supposed to, find the wrong way to do things. And God said, upon this rock I'll build my church. So when it became Peter's time 
In Acts chapter 1, when the Holy Ghost has already kind of made its presence and different things have happened. Chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost falls because they had went and tarried. The Bible says in verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want us to pray again. I promise I'll only be another five or ten minutes here at the most. I don't want to cut myself so short that I don't make sense, but I know that God has already moved, so what am I going to do but help add on to our week if the Lord will have his way? I want us to pray under the uh, anointing of the Holy Ghost that God would touch me and he'd touch our hearts and our minds that we might be able to walk worthy before him. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing, God, that's in this place, your presence that's ever so tangible, ever so present, Lord, and thick in this room. God, I pray your hand, your heart would be upon us, God. We pray, Lord, that your will would be done in us tonight, Jesus. Lord, I pray, let me hide behind you, Jesus. Let them see you when I speak. Lord, let them understand your love and your might and your power. God, I pray your will would be done in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. According to research, 23% of people that have already made a New Year's resolution have quit. Seven days in. By week two, 50% of resolutions are dead. And by the end of January, some researchers suggest 95% of all resolutions are broken and forgotten. Think about that. The world is starting out the first month of the year with a fail rate of 95%. Emotionally, this must explain something so much about our world. Our world has a good attitude and a good mindset to just quit when the going gets tough. We find ways to mask it and to just cover it up. And they give reasons why. Why do we break things like resolutions and some say procrastination or lack of discipline, no game plan or or doing it alone, nobody to help you out. And sometimes the question then becomes, why are we as a church so different? If you've been around our church any amount of time and you've seen a calendar year go by, you understand this is a time that's different. This morning it was ever so present when we had probably 30 or 40 guests from all walks of life. Some I'm still not sure how they got here. I don't know what brought them to church. I don't understand where the draw is other than God, other than something that says I've got to make a difference. And so again, as I hasten, let me let me draw your attention, if I might, to the book of Ephesus or Ephesians, I'm sorry, to the people of Ephesus. Uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, Therefore I, the prisoner, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I grabbed on to that word, walk worthy. Paul said to walk worthy of your vocation. Another way to say that is to walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of what God has called you to do. And the first thing that I'm supposed to do as an apostolic Pentecostal is to be a man after God's own heart. That's what's first and foremost. If I fail in everything else, Lord, don't let me stop chasing after you. 
Don't let me stop chasing after truth. Don't let me stop praying. Don't, don't ma- let me stop fasting, Lord. Don't let me stop reading the word. Don't let me stop getting deep with you. It matters in my life that I don't uh, fall off of my calling with him and I forget to walk worthy. Amen? And so with that, we must be different. We have to have something different about us. There has to be reasons we don't quit procrastination. Again, number one, maybe it's uh, you need to be in a class or joining the church and, and uh, preparing physically or spiritually for our conference coming up in a month. Or if it's a lack of discipline, it's always easier to excuse yourself because of an excuse. If it's no game plan, we have all sorts of plans. The church is ready for growth. The question is, are you? Am I ready to see God do something and take us to another level? That very word is so hard to understand. What does it mean to go to a deeper level in God? I have felt level changes in the Lord prior. Because then when I walk up to people, I remember a story as I pour through old notes and and try to find out how to make things join together. There's times where my notes don't make sense. I'm so glad for what God's doing tonight. This wouldn't have made sense on its own, but I'm thankful for what God's doing in this service. But I remember a time three or four years ago, I walked into a gas station in Avon, Indiana. I was distraught. I was real close to this time of the year. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Had a job change facing me in the in the face, and, and I walked in, and I remember that cashier, an older gentleman, and he looked at me, and he said, there's a man that's different. said, it's that smile and I can see it all over you. There's something different about you. I made it a point for the rest of that month that I was there as often as I could to stop into that gas station just to see if he was working there. Lord, give me another chance. Lord, let me find something to say. He notices difference. Now let him ask or let me pry a little bit and say, now what can I do for you to make that difference? I watched my mother drag in person after person from Walmart and off the street and everywhere else. And I think, Lord, give me the heart of my mother that I might find some way to tell somebody about Jesus before things are too late, before the rapture might happen and God calls everybody home and it's just a different style here. There's no preachers left. There's nobody left to tell them about Jesus. It's just a different world. So let me be effective now. And for those of you that might be new, my goal tonight is to tell you, don't stop. There is a purpose. There is a reason for you to go to church. There's more to this than just uh, having a good feeling about you. There's your soul at stake. Don't quit, God. It's too late in the day for things to be changed. It was this church of Ephesus. It was rumored to be about 80,000 people strong. I looked it up today. It would be the fourth biggest church in the world today. Everybody went there. Paul, Timothy, John, Mary, that's where the scripture says that that John took Mary, the mother of Jesus, to go and and enjoy life. And and all this stuff had happened. And and when I read about Ephesus and I read about the book of Ephesians and and 1 and 2 Timothy and, and other books that were written in conjunction with where they were living, I see what was so great about that church of Ephesians. They were a balanced church. There's something said to be said of somebody that has balance in their life. We can't be so much flesh that we don't understand the spirit. Some people worry about being the other other way. I don't want to be so spiritually minded that I'm no earthly good. And it's a great saying, but the truth is most of us aren't that way. 
the balance needs to be the other way. Lord, let me be spiritually minded enough that I might be used of you. And so this church had great balance. I want to draw myself to the book of Revelation. Chapter 2, 1 through 4, John wrote to those seven churches of Asia. When he spoke to Ephesus, a church of 80 plus thousand, one of the greatest pastors or uh, whatever you want to call him of the world with Paul leading and then Timothy and, and Paul being in a bishop role to Timothy, John began to pin these words somewhere along the way. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how canst thou not bear them that which are evil? And how and thou hast tried them which they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience. For in my name's sake hast thou labored and hast not faded. Nevertheless, have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. I looked it up just today just to see. The church of Ephesus doesn't exist anymore. 99.8% of all of Turkey is considered to be Muslim. And they say Christianity is on the decline. How do you decline a 0.2%? There's no way to go but up. I guess 1% or 0.1%. And so with all of that, I began to think, what was it? What was that? But there was that call, that, that desire for them to say, don't leave your first love. It's amazing in the book of Acts 19 when Paul was, was doing his thing on his mission trips and he would go to, uh, to, to Ephesus and talk. It says this in chapter uh, uh, 1924. It says, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus but throughout almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods, which are made with hands. Not only uh, so, not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana, which may be despised in her magnificent uh, magnificence, destroyed from all of Asia and the world worship. I know I'm going fast. Hear me now, please. In Asia, they celebrated this goddess named Diana. Her temple was one of the seven wonders of the world. It's amazing. In fact, out in front of it, they would have so many people of disrepute, of, 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 of absolute just corruption and, and sin, a brothel inside. That It was a, a goddess of, uh, of fertility, and so it was a way that they just thought they could grow their nation. And so imagine all the atrocities that would happen. That's how they worshipped. And here comes Paul, the man that stood up to Peter, the man that just fought him pretty much. The, the guy with the keys to the kingdom, the Bible talks about where he just, it, it just cracks me up when he's almost fighting Paul with Peter. And as they go to that place and as he goes into Ephesus, this man that knows no bounds, that has no fear, that has no worry, walking truly worthy, trying to find his place where God has sent him. And the Bible says that he turns so many people from their world to his that the silversmiths were worried about business dying. The people that only made their living from making idols, the Bible records their fear of business drying up. Lord, let us have an impact on Frankfurt. Let us have an impact in Kokomo and in Lafayette 
and all the areas in Lebanon, let us be so faithful to the word of God, walking worthy that nothing can stop us from seeing the will done in this place. I want to see a church that we don't understand where we'll have service. I want to see a place where we don't understand where we're going to find the room. I don't know. The front building might not be ready. Let's figure it out. Maybe it's time for two services. Whatever the case might be, God is looking for somebody that's ready to go to the land of Ephesus. They say there's three things that change people. That, that help people make changes. They say the first thing that helps people to make changes is when they hurt enough that they have to. I had a kidney stone back in Thanksgiving. I was thankful when it was gone. They had put a stent in and all sorts of stuff, and it just made me in, in a pile of pain for about two weeks, I felt like. Couldn't sleep well every so I've already given that up. Cain made that choice for me. Some people, when they learn enough about a topic, that helps them make a change. The third thing that people say is when they receive enough that they are able to change. I've heard it quoted, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Some of us feel pain. I'm thankful every time my pastor talks about the mountaintops, he mentions a valley. Some of us might be going through a valley. Might be those moments where we're just not there. We're trying. Man, we're digging. We're climbing. Might not be mountaintops all the time to time. I know it says from mountaintop to mountaintop. There's still valleys. Otherwise, it's just one mountain. But the Bible says he'll take you there. Whether through pain, whether by enough means, or whether you've learned enough, whatever the case might be, if you'll get a made-up mind, all of a sudden fasting don't seem so hard. All of a sudden, a prayer life for God doesn't seem so hard. It seems like a necessity for change to happen. It's necessary if we're going to see God's kingdom grow in this area, that change has to happen. Whether it comes by pain or knowledge or means, whatever the case might be, let God move you in this season for change. If you'd stand with me. God kept drawing me to when I would study, when I would pray about tonight. I felt it strong, and I don't even know how to make it tangible to us, but it almost was like he was just saying, just tell them about my love. Tell them about my love. I don't know how to do that all the way. I know you've all prayed tonight, but I wonder if there might be some of us that say, you know, I just want to know if God still loves me. I felt him, but maybe my mind's not settled on the issue. Maybe there's something that's happened. There's a little bit of pain or trauma. And, you know, I know we talk about the Genesis process. Maybe the limbus of the mind is upset a little bit. And it's, it's veered off course of what we know to be true. But tonight, I hope you know that there is a God. His name is Jesus. And he has nothing but love for you. What I read in Romans, some of those scriptures are so powerful to think that he's going to love you no matter what. All you have to do if you ever feel too far away is repent again. To find a place back to him, if you don't know what that word means, it simply means to ask God to forgive you. For you to just say, Lord, forgive me for everything I think, God. Forgive me for everything I've seen. 
Lord, I ask that you'd forgive me for everything I've done, everything I've, I've said, all my actions, Lord, the things that I shouldn't or didn't do that I should have done. God, forgive me, Lord Jesus. I, and then the, the, the little caveat to that is, Lord, I don't want to go back to that. So I pray you not only forgive me, Lord, but help change my heart to where I don't find myself back where I was. The Bible says that fear never came back. That's what I read in Romans. It wasn't fear that was there, but it was his love that replaced fear. If you have been baptized, because that's the next step, if that's already happened, then there's no fear to come back to. It's only love. That's all it is. Once you grab a hold of the love of God, it shows on you. That's where a gas station attendant in Avon, it shows on you when you accept his love. When you want to radiate the love of God. Never forget a message I preached years ago. It was at our old church in Delphi Avenue. I had a mirror on the platform and I remember aiming it just right, and I, I try to use the example that we are like a mirror. And if I aim it just right, it should aim from the light directly to you. That's what I need to be as a conduit. How is this world ever going to change? How is Frankfurt or Kokomo or Lafayette or Lebanon, pick your city. How in the world is Thorntown or, or, or a Mechanicsburg? How is any one of these cities ever going to know Christ except I reflect the light? When I can be a vessel to him, then he can use me. And then you get a Kim out of nowhere. Or a Kristen. Or all of Kristen's friends this morning that nobody knows why they showed up. They just wanted to come and join him in church. It's amazing when God gets involved. It becomes unexplainable. Unex I don't even understand. Where did you come from? And so I find myself going through things even my father taught me. Well, who's your family and, and, and what's your occupation? What, what do you like to do for fun? What's your dreams? Trying to get to know somebody because it doesn't make sense to me. Pastor, you're right. It can't be all about the logical. But Lord, help me to see that they're just hurting souls. And I need to be sensitive enough. When the altar call might come and I just need to look over and say, okay, they got tears in their eyes. I wonder if they got dry eyes. No, God's just moving. They're probably fine by themselves. They don't even know what they're feeling. I better do my part, and I better just turn my mirror just a little bit. If I need to go over and find somebody's hand just to grab and say, God loves you. I don't know how to explain it, but he does. He made you. The artist is looking at you. You might be just a little painting, but God's eyes have not dimmed from looking at you with perfect, unadulterated love. That's who God is. As they begin to sing and as I try to open up this place for a second altar call, which is unheard of, right? I wonder if you might grab somebody next to you that might be going through and saying, God, help me to show your love to them. I'm not bringing them up here to condemn them. I'm not bringing them up here to change them. I'm just bringing them up here to show them your love. Why don't you find somebody to bring to the altar? Just move across the aisle if you feel comfortable and begin to pray. God.